I remember when social media started and I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. And now here I am knowing I should be on TikTok, but I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm in my mid-40s. I can't be on TikTok. But you just have to get over that and roll with the times, don't you? I'm Becca Poutney, wedding business marketing expert, speaker and blogger. And you're listening to the Wedding Pros Who Are Ready to Grow podcast. I'm here to share with you actionable tips, strategies and real life examples to help you take your wedding business to the next level. If you are an ambitious wedding business owner that wants to take your passion and use it to build a profitable, sustainable business doing what you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get going with today's episode. Today, I'm talking to Amy Nelson from Wedding Day Dance. Amy first joined my Wedding Pro Members Lounge at the start of this year, and it's been an absolute pleasure to get to know her and her business ever since. She's kind, down to earth, and wants to do business the right way. I know you're going to love her too. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Becca. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. It's great to have you here. Now, for anyone who doesn't know you or hasn't come across you before, do you want to just explain to people who you are, what you do and where you're based? Of course. So my name's Amy and I live in Wiltshire in a town called Marlborough and I run a company called Wedding Day Dance UK. And we, or I say we, I organise dance lessons for couples who are engaged and planning their wedding and want to do a lovely first dance but don't know how to dance. So they would like some dance lessons ahead of the day to prepare for that. But I don't deliver the classes all by myself. I have a team of teachers based all across the country um, who who teach the couples wherever they're based great so basically the couples come to you and then you link them up with the dance teacher wherever they're based is that right that's right yeah and it's very much about I think customer service is really really important so it's not just saying to a dance teacher oh here's a couple there you go I kind of hold their hand and organize everything for them so um, where the lessons are going to be the schedule the dates and the time so everything is set out in stone because I mean like everybody my couples tend to be really busy they they tend to be working people they don't have a lot of spare time so the lessons are organized when they're free but equally my dance teachers are really busy too they, they've got they, they've got busy lives as well so it's about putting those people together and finding the dates and times that they can get together and just focus on themselves and their first dance. Great. So that's where you are today as we talk. But as I like to do on this podcast, we like to go back in time a little bit and work out, well, how did you get to where you are now? So if I take you right back, at what point did you first become self-employed? It was to teach someone to dance for their wedding, actually. Yeah, it was a long time ago now. I think it was in 2004. But it was, that was the first time I became self-employed. What It was to teach someone to dance for their wedding, yeah. I love that. So were you a dance teacher before? Were you working for someone else? Where did you come from? So I, I've always danced my whole life. I really, really love dancing. I really enjoy dancing. But I actually studied business, but always danced at the same time. And then when I left university, I worked at a dance studio, but in the office. So not on, not in the studio, in the office, you see. So I was organising everything, but dancing at the same time. So I have a very split experience of those two things. So you're working for the dance studio, working in the office. So how did you end up teaching someone to dance for their wedding? So what happened, I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but I went to somebody's wedding and it was, a, it was lovely. It was, it was, all weddings are lovely. And they came to the first dance bit and they said, oh, they're going to do their first dance. And we're all watching, as you do. And the couple, they just looked so embarrassed. They looked absolutely mortified. They weren't enjoying it at all. And I thought to myself, why are they putting themselves through this? It's not as if it's essential. You're still married, even if you haven't 
done a first dance and they just looked like they were hating every single second. And I thought, that's such a shame because they could have really enjoyed themselves or they could have just not done it. It, you know, it would have been either way would have been fine. But why put yourself through that on, you know, the most special day of your life? And it just made me think, I wonder if generally that's um, a lot of couples kind of put themselves through that for absolutely no reason, because all they, all they need is a confidence boost. And then they would have a great time on on the dance floor. Um, and that just made me think about, is there such a thing as people taking lessons for their wedding? Um, and I just Googled it. And it turns out there was a company looking for dance teachers in my area at the time. So I just emailed them and said, I could do this job. <laughs> I could do this for you. And um, they said, yes, great. And I just started teaching dance for them. And even today, they're actually one of my competitors now. Wow. They're still, they're still trading as well. Yeah. That's incredible. So you did that classic entrepreneur thing where you found a problem and decided that you needed to fix it. And it really is a problem because I have been to so many weddings and the first dance really is the most awkward part of the wedding because everyone feels like they've got to do it and then just kind of shuffles around in a circle and just hopes someone else will join them soon. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a shame because it doesn't have to be like that at all. And and equally, if you really don't want to do it, I think just don't do it. Like you don't have to. You can do any, you don't have to do any part of your wedding apart from the legal parts, do you? So um, yeah, and I think if, if you really do want to do the first dance because you feel like you should, then just take a couple of lessons and Give yourself that confidence boost to go out there and not not dread it and enjoy it and have lovely memories. I love that. So that is how you got your first bit of self-employment. So you started doing some freelance work for this other company. So now take us on the journey from how you got from there to what you're doing now. Yeah, so I, I was doing that. But I was still also working at the dance studio. And I think then just kind of word got around. That's what I did. And then I just started having a lot of inquiries in my um in my local area and then I made my own website that's what I did yeah I made my own website just for teaching dance in my local area and I was literally during the summer I was literally working in the office during the day in the dance studio office and then I was teaching every every night and all weekend teaching wedding dance and I just realized there's a massive call for this but you know I really like teaching wedding dance but I don't really want to be working every day and every night and every weekend because it's just too much. And so I kind of had to choose. I had to choose whether to stay employed at the dance studio or take that jump to be self-employed and launch my own company. I I knew just working for myself locally wouldn't be enough to earn my living because you have to be available when the couples are available, which is basically evenings and weekends. And I knew that just working evenings and weekends, I didn't really want to do that because it's not very sociable and you miss out on family life and stuff. So I knew I wanted to work during the day. And I just thought, actually, this could be an idea. And I think I just took a leap of faith and just went for it, really. But that, I mean, that was a long time ago now. In 2008, I started that. And, and, it's, and it turns out it was the right thing to do. I love that. So I would say, Amy, you're almost an accidental entrepreneur because you didn't set out to start your business. The business has definitely evolved with you over time. But there did come that point where you had to make that decision. Do I stick with my job or do I go for this? So what factors made that happen? And how did you find the confidence to do that? Because that's something that a lot of people struggle with. That's a very good point. I think because I'd had that business background, I knew how to do it. 
and I think like a lot of people I think just trial and error thinking oh what what do I do now what should I do here what should I do there what's the best thing to do and just learning and using things I didn't know about but also not being afraid to ask for help so I knew for example I don't know how to build a website I had someone do that for me and things like I don't know how to do my tax returns so I had someone do that for me so I think doing what you can do or what you can learn to do great and then the things that you cannot do or haven't got the time to learn how to do get someone to do that for you and that's how you can progress much quicker than thinking I've got to do this all myself because in business we really are an expert in our own field but you have to be an expert in all of the fields to cover everything so to kind of outsource those things and ask for help and get like a wider team I think is is the probably the quickest way and the most effective way to achieve that. That's really, really helpful. So as you look back over the last few years in business, you've been doing this a long time now. How do you think things have evolved for you? Has things changed? Has the way you run your business changed over the last few years? So some things are exactly the same in that people still love they love the idea of dancing and it makes them happy. And the couples who who, who book for dance lessons, they're very much in love with each other and they really want to have a brilliant time on their wedding day. That 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 will never change. But what changes around you? For example, social media, that's a massive, back when I started, that wasn't even a thing. I think maybe Facebook might have been around, but not for business. So of course, that became for business. And then Instagram, now TikTok, not that I'm on TikTok, but I know I should be. So that whole way of doing business has completely changed. When I first started, it was very much about being on Google was the only way. But now that's still really important, obviously. But the social media side of things has completely changed as well. Um, And also with the technology. So back then it was CDs. Yeah, it wasn't tape. So the dance teacher, I would have to send the dance teacher the song for them to burn onto a CD. And then they would then go along with their CD player and play it. Of course, now everyone is Spotify. Like you don't even think about where do you get the music from? It's just there. Unless, of course, the music's been edited together, which does happen quite a lot. And then, of course, we have to send the file over as a link. But that's, you know, that's that's no problem at all. So the whole technology side of things has changed massively. And how could people communicate? Of course, back then it would have been everyone's on a laptop or a, a physical computer. But now everyone's on their phone. So that that's been a big change as well. So how have you managed to keep up with the changes? Because that's one thing people get scared about, that they'll start a business, they'll understand it, and then things will change and they won't understand it anymore. What have you done personally to make sure you're keeping up and understanding where you should be taking your business? Hmm, So that's a good question. I'm not sure I'm brilliant at that, to be honest with you, because I, you know, I remember when social media started and I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. And then you realise you do need to. Um, and then when Instagram came, same. And now here I am knowing I should be on TikTok, but I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm in my mid-40s. I can't be on TikTok. But you just have to get over that and roll with the times, don't you? So I think just, yeah, just that, just thinking you need to keep going with it. You know, when websites started becoming mobile, thinking you've got to have your website redesigned, you can't just sit back thinking, oh, it'll be fine. They'll just go to their laptop one day. You need your mobile your website to be mobilized and and being aware of how people look for you as well. So um, if you go onto your Google Analytics, for example, you can see the date, the, the, the times of the week that people are more likely to be looking. And for me, I can tell it's basically people who are working because they're looking at the lunch times and they're looking in the evenings and just thinking, what's their life like? How can I make myself visible to them when they're looking for me? Which is very different to before because back then you'd just be, I'm on Google. You come to me whenever you're ready. Um, so that's 
that's probably a consideration. But I must admit, I do need to get better at moving, moving further with the times and um, keeping up because it's so important with all the different algorithms changing and different versions of things. If you sit on your laurels, the world will overtake you and your competitors will keep up and then you'll be left behind. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, actually, that if we sit on our laurels and just keep doing the same old things that we've always done, you're right, our competitors mm-hmm. will take us over. So how do you keep engaged? Do you look at what your competitors are doing? Do you try and stay on your own lane? Do you do a bit of both? How does that work? I do try and stay on my own lane, to be honest with you, because I'm doing what I'm doing and they're doing what they're doing. So it's a very different thing and and the couples can make their choice of which ones they think resonates more with them and which is the right one to do I think it's really important to think about your own branding and your own skill set and your own ideas and go along with it like that I remember a time maybe six or seven years ago where I realized that all of the websites of my main competitors there aren't many of us but my main competitors all purple and at that point I was like when I, I my new website was coming up and I thought I need to do a different I need to totally change this because there'll be confusion with which company is which. So you need to change that so that it's not purple anymore. I love that. We shouldn't be frightened of our competitors either. There's an exercise. No, definitely not. There's an exercise that I like to do with people sometimes where I say, look at your competitors, look at what they do better than you, and then make sure you learn how to do that better and look at what you do better than them and use that as your marketing. There's no no need to be scared of your competitors at all. So... No, 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 no. In fact, you can work together. I have this is lovely competitor. I've never met her, but we have a really nice relationship on 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 messaging each other. And if there's ever a situation where I can't fulfil um, a client's needs, I don't know. Maybe the dance teacher in their local area is on maternity leave, and I haven't got a replacement at that time. I will literally say email my competitor because at the end of the day what's most important is the customer service that the client gets what they want and this client wants dance lessons and I can't I can't give that to them so if I refer them to a lady who I know who I really like her work I really trust her to um to give the client a good service and of course it works backwards so when she can't do that she then sends clients my way as well so it works really well Yeah, that's so important. Now, when we talk about your business journey, we can make it sound really simple. You just went from here to there and then it's all been rosy. I'm sure that's not the truth. So has there been things over the years that have been a challenge of being self-employed? What are the things that have you found the hardest? Yeah, so there are, yeah, of course, everyone, everyone who self-employed has challenges and, you know, family life and time and having babies, that really um, makes it more difficult to um, put time into your business. But also for my particular business, as the seasons go by, so it's very, very seasonal, busier in the summer, which is obviously what you'd expect in the wedding industry. But still people get married all year round. And for me, my dance teachers, they're all very different. So some of them might have their dance schools. And so they teach this. They work for me alongside their dance schools. Some of them might be um, mums. And so they work part time and they teach here. Some of them will be teachers, dance teachers in schools. Some of them will be West End dancers. And so they'll they'll only work for me when they're not in a performance run. Some will be on cruise ships. And so they'll come when they get back. So it's, it's that ebb and flow of what people are doing and where people are based and keeping up with everybody. But also things like, for example, Christmas is a really big thing in the dance industry because there's lots of Christmas shows, there's lots of pantomimes, things like performers, elves in grottos, that kind of thing. A lot of dancers will, will do that at Christmas. So you have this workforce that suddenly between sort of like November and December, they're just not available because they've got a full-time contract for pantomime. So it's kind of dealing with that and knowing it's going to happen and then making adjustments accordingly. 
Yeah, so it's not always plain sailing. There's no. always difficulties in business. Yeah. But what do you think are the best things about being self-employed? What have you loved about taking that leap and having your own control over your business? I think it's the sense of satisfaction of knowing that you've made that happen. My favourite thing is when a couple will, after they've got married, they'll send me, hopefully, I love when they do, um, photos, videos, messages. And when that email pops through and you open up those pictures, it's just it's just brilliant. I love it. And I love hearing all their stories about their wedding day and how it went and how they found everything and how much they enjoyed their dance lessons. And all of that, I think, is the most is the best part is it's why I do it. And I think when you're employed, you, you, you obviously you would have job satisfaction to what you're doing. But I just think you don't have the same ownership of it. Yeah, that's so true. And also it shows that you've solved that problem that right way back at the start you were wanting to solve, which was stopping people shuffling around awkwardly on a dance floor. (laughs) Yeah, feeling awkward. Exactly. So obviously you've been in business a long time. You've talked about keeping up with the trends. So you obviously think personal development is important in your business. We talked, Mm. I talked in the intro about how you joined the Members Lounge earlier this year. So what things do you Mm -hmm. do in your business to keep on top of things to make sure you are doing your own personal development and training and what have you got out of being part of that group yeah well I yeah I think educating yourself is the best way that you can to set those footprints to your own success the more you learn the more knowledge you have the more you can not make mistakes because you have the foresight of of what's going on and also when you I find anyway that when I do a training session hear somebody speak and for example you had that lovely man on yesterday about branding from Airbnb different ideas come into your mind and also it's just I find it very um motivational as well to learn new things and to think we could do this could do that and even if it doesn't really apply to you it's still interesting in what the people around you are doing as well other people in the group Yeah, I agree. It's so important to keep on learning. And sometimes you think, I don't need this. And then you just take a little nugget away that that leads to something else and makes one small change. And then you think, oh, yeah, I'm really glad I listened to that now. So in terms of being self-employed, I know one thing people struggle with is that sense of loneliness, being alone, being in your own head all of the time. What have you done over the years to make sure that you've got people around you, got community? How have you made that work? Well, to be honest with you, for years and years and years, it was like, it, it is lonely. It was lonely, especially in the other days before social media. There was there weren't ways, I didn't know anyway, to kind of branch out to other ind- people in the industry. I mean, there was local networking and I did try that. But when you're going along and you're spending your work time talking to people who are not in your industry, it isn't massively beneficial to you. But going, but that, but now these days, it's so easy to connect with people in the industry. Obviously, by a, your group, and for example, last week in Birmingham, there was this. You set up this brilliant networking event in, in the queue, which was a, just a fabulous place to visit, wasn't it? Um, and it's just brilliant to go along and meet people in the wedding industry. And I think, especially post COVID. That's something I'm really, really, really enjoying. And I kind of didn't realise how much I missed it until we've got it back again. Yeah, I'm definitely all about the in-person events at the moment. It's so much better to be in person. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I just wish I could find some other people in the industry, just get onto social media, get onto Google and search because there will be groups. There's my groups, but there'll be other groups. There might be groups that meet in your local area. There might be conferences coming up in your local area for the wedding industry. So just search them out, look. And even if you want to post in one of my groups and ask if there's anyone local to you to meet up with for a coffee, I'm more than 
happy for people to do that. So as business owners, Amy, we talked about the juggle. Life is one big juggle. You've got small Mm -hmm. children. The whole thing is a juggle. How are you managing to keep life and business going? That's a very good question. (laughs) I have a lot of lists. I think most working mums do. It's a case of prioritising, isn't it? And thinking, what do I have to do right now? That is the most important thing to do. And not being distracted by things which seem like they're really important at that moment in time. But actually, the, the most important thing you're trying to get done, you don't get done because these little things that are kind of nagging at you. But it is it is tricky, but I think just trying to be as focused as possible and trying to be as organised as possible is the way forwards. Um, and using things that you can to make that happen, like scheduling social media posts, using your out of office so people, you know, so you can communicate and then people know what's going on. And I think communication is so important because the better you can communicate, that's the best way to avoid uh, miscommunication and conflicts and things going wrong, basically. So all about communication, scheduling, and remembering to take time out for yourself as well and not thinking, I must work every night because, you know, because I should and thinking about working smart rather than working hard. You're so right, because as entrepreneurs, we are the worst at working all of the hours and not taking enough breaks, which brings me nicely on to one of my favorite segments on the podcast when I interview people, which is all about wedding pros chilling out. So what I'd love to know, (laughs) Amy, from you is what do you do in your life to try and get away from business and have some time for yourself? That's a very good question. So and this, this probably sounds really silly, but I think generally everyone's very, very busy. And I find I'm in the car, I'm here, I'm there, I'm grabbing shopping, the errands, the running, the children, the, the doing this, doing that. And I find just being able to go for a walk seems like a massive privilege. It sounds really silly, but just to have time just to have a short walk I find it just clears your head it makes you feel so much more energized I used to be thinking I should be I should be running I should be exercising and it's taken me years and years to realize my body is not made for running at all but when I walk it just makes me feel really really energized and calm and I love arriving at a place where I've just walked there and so just relaxed and ready for the moment whereas in and out the car um, or, or just you know going of a weekend going somewhere beautiful and having a lovely walk in the sunshine it's just I find that really relaxing but then of course that is quite a tricky thing to do when you have a family so we like playing games so things like my kids have got a switch and there's a game called just dance where you all hold this little controller thing and you all follow the same dance routine and I find for us as a family that's a really good way to relax because everyone's just focusing on the same thing at the same time and once you're doing it you don't think about anything else so so for us yeah walking them Playing a computer game is kind of the best of it. <laughs> I, I'm totally on board with that. We yeah, love a bit of just dance really in my fun. household as well. Uh, but yeah. I get far too competitive, and then one of my children ends up crying because wow. I keep beating them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you still dance? Do you still dance for yourself? Do you dance to relax? Because one of the things that I find for myself is being involved still in performance, singing, dancing really yeah. takes me to another world. Do you get the opportunity don't, to do to be that anymore? With you, but I would love to. I live in quite a small town, and there isn't there is there is there is there is a dance class I could go to. But at the same time, I'm also taking my daughter to another dance class, so I can't go to that one. But um, no, I would love. I, and I keep, it's actually my new resolution to get myself to dance classes. Um, I'd have to travel a bit for it because. It's doing something for you, isn't it? And 
taking time out and doing something for you and especially when it's an exercise thing so no I wish I did have more time but I do I do um really love visiting the theatre which I which I do have more time for than actually dancing myself I recently saw the musical six I don't know if you've seen that one it's just amazing I haven't seen it, but it's on my list to see because I absolutely yeah, love the soundtrack. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. It's very, very good. Well, I'm going to hold you accountable to that, Amy, for the new year to go out and find yourself a dance class. Because honestly, my New Year's resolution last year was to start my singing lessons back up. And it's been oh. so wonderful to just get out my house, oh, sing, and then come home again and get back into life. So it's some really good self-care. So get yourself along to a class and let me know when you've done it. I will. I definitely will. Now, in those other times when we're not out doing classes and we're just sat in front of the TV and we're watching Netflix, we're sharing on the podcast at the moment things that we're watching on Netflix so that we can help other people find through that catalogue of what to watch next. So what are you into at the moment? What are you watching on TV? So right now, Strictly season. So I must admit, I've not watched Netflix in a while because I'm quite into Strictly. I really enjoy it. And of course, it's on every day, isn't it? So we've got, you know, you've got the live show Saturday, the results on Sunday, and then all through the week on Channel 2, you've got that other programme, Takes Two. So I'm afraid I haven't actually watched Netflix in some time because of that. But you know what? Come the final, I'll be I'll be clicking away. What next? What next? What can I watch now? So yeah, I'm afraid I haven't actually watched Netflix in a while, but I've really been enjoying this season of Strictly. Well, if people are looking for something to watch, they could catch up on all the episodes of Strictly. They're still all on iPlayer. Oh, so many, so many. And so many to come as well, because well, we've got the big Blackpool one this weekend, which is always a good week. Oh, yes. So I worked on Strictly. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but... I didn't know that. No, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. When was that? Oh, it was many, many, many years ago when Gary Rhodes, the chef, was on it. That's one of the only people I can remember was on oh, it. That's one of the early, early... Yeah, but what I discovered when I worked there, which you probably know and everyone else probably knows as well, is the reason they go to Blackpool every year for one one show, a a series, is so that they can get out Mm -hmm. of the studio for children in need. Oh, I did not know that. There you go. But that does make sense because that's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) There you go. You've got some insider knowledge now. They have to clear the the studio for children in need and that's why they always go to Blackpool on the children in need weekend. I see. I see. Oh, that's good. That works well for everyone then, because it does kind of make a nice break to the series to go to that incredible ballroom. You can always you can dance on any floor, but when you're dancing on the sprung floor, it just feels and looks amazing. I don't. So if you're watching Strictly and you see that Blackpool one, have a look at their feet because you'll see they're just they're really bouncing off of that floor because it's so well sprung. Love that. That's such a dance geeky chat that we've just had. But I I'm <laughs> yeah. here for it, and I know that lots of my <laughs> listeners are also into musical theatre and dancing. So if you're not, just bear with us. We just enjoyed talking about that. Strictly is a great show, and uh, you should definitely be watching it. Okay, Amy. Before I let you go, I always end my interviews with the same question, which is, what is one thing you wish you'd known sooner in your business okay it's quite boring but ages I didn't realize the importance of the bounce rate so how many people leave your website and I think from that for investigating that you can you can learn so much about the patterns of behavior of how people are finding you and also what they're not liking about you so for example I remember years ago I had a Google ads 
campaign set up and it was running and it was running and I wasn't unhappy with it um but I went to I basically went to a training session to learn a bit more about um SEO and the bounce rate was was explained to me of course I went went home looked at my Google Analytics looked at all these things looked at my bounce rate and I was absolutely horrified to see that I'd actually been paying for a campaign that had a massive massive bounce rate it was such a waste of money. And that would work, you know, with all different sorts of campaigns or any kind of marketing that you do. Unless you keep an eye on that bounce rate, you could put all your efforts into something that just isn't working for you because people are looking at that and going, nope, I don't like that. and just jumping off straight away. So now that I understand that, that's made a big difference to what I do, knowing to put my efforts into what I know people will stay on my website for, which is a better use of my time as well. That's a really interesting point. So for anyone listening that doesn't know what a bounce rate is, it's the people that just come to your website and then bounce straight off, which is why it's called a bounce rate. And they basically leave straight away. And you can find that inside of your Google Analytics. So I would recommend if you get a chance to go on your Google Analytics, just like Amy said, go and have a look at your bounce rate. And if it is exceptionally high, then maybe have a think about why that is. And actually, Amy, maybe that would be a great thing for me to get someone into the members lounge to talk about how to improve your bounce rate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then if you learn a bit more about analytics, you have to, you know, play around with the bit and get to know it. You can actually find out, you can match it against other categories and you can find out of the people that bounce off where they've come from first as well. So then you know not to invest in those places where the bounce rate is highest. It's, it's really interesting, but it's quite technical and quite detailed. And it's the kind of thing that you do need a bit of training on to understand. But then once you do understand, it's it's invaluable to the success of your future business. Incredible. And I'm now going to go and find an expert to talk to us in the Members Lounge about that very subject, because I think that would be really helpful for lots and lots of people. Amy, it's been a pleasure to chat to you on the podcast today. If people want to find out more about you or get in touch, where's the best place for them to find you? So on my website, which is weddingdaydanceuk.co.uk, or you can email me, the address is amy at weddingdaydanceuk.co.uk and there's Instagram as well and a little bit of Facebook and not yet TikTok. <laughs> Maybe one day TikTok. Or just Google, Google the company. And it Amazing. I will put the links to all of those things in the show notes below the episode and I'm sure you're more than happy for people to reach out if they've got questions or they want to work with you. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I would love that. Fabulous. Amy, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks for today. Thanks, Becca. That was wonderful. Thank you. Bye. Really love that conversation with Amy today. Hopefully you found it inspiring too. And who would have known the Google bounce rate could be so interesting? Highly recommend you go and check out that one. If you're interested in being part of a community with myself and Amy's in there too, then why not go and check out the Wedding Pro Members Lounge? I'd love to welcome you into our community. If you're a wedding pro anywhere in the UK or around the world and you want like-minded professionals to network with, chat with, grow with, cry with, and great business training every single month, then go and take a look in the show notes. I'll see you next week. (music) 